Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Grace City Church podcast. If you would like more info on our church, you can visit gracecityboston.com. Now let's get to the sermon. That we do have uh, all kinds of Advent. It feels like everything now is is digital, and that's just kind of the world that we're uh, currently living in. And so everything to kind of keep your heart in a Advent posture, as difficult as that may be, um, is on at gracecityboston.com and then hit the Advent and the tab button and you can have everything there. And so weekly, the weekly prayers, the lock screen, all those types of things. We're going to do our best work. We're going to do the best job that we can at kind of helping you and helping ourselves uh, just kind of have a focus and a posture on Advent uh, in this season because we can be, we can be focusing and thinking on a lot of other uh, on a lot of other things. And so yeah, if you want to go ahead and open your QR code to uh, sermon notes, we're going to be talking about uh, this morning, working through these various kind of Advent themes. And we're talking about uh, the theme of joy this morning. Now, uh, joy is kind of an interesting one. I, I was thinking uh, about this particular theme as we were kind of getting to it, especially in the season that we're in, uh, because it has not been a season of joy. It's not been a season of happiness in any type of way. Now, most likely, uh, if we were going to think on a continuum and you have two types of people, uh, I don't know where you would identify yourself in this kind of continuum, uh, but some of you, if you think about it, like the happiness kind of scale, uh, some of you may be on one end of the continuum and, and you're just a, a melancholy person, right? You're just someone who really struggles with uh, a sense of happiness. And so you're always kind of down and out and you're always looking at kind of the negative the negative things that exist. And then maybe you're on the other end of that spectrum and you're just happy all the time. And so your world could be absolutely falling apart and you're still just an enthusiast. You're still just a very, very kind of happy uh, person. And so if, if you're kind of thinking about this on this continuum, or maybe you find yourself in that kind of middle ground between uh, someone who experiences just kind of melancholy and downness or enthusiasm and happiness. Where do we, so how do we as God's people, uh, as people who are following the way of Jesus, how do we navigate and kind of find this space where we look at, no matter what our circumstances are looking at, especially as we think about culturally kind of where we are now, how do we live as a people with joy? How do we not just be just so down, especially as in this season, how do we be a people with, with our, our peers, our coworkers, uh, classmates, professors, who, whoever you find yourself with, your, your spouse, uh, how do we not just be a people who just aren't down? Where do we find the joy? And so I want to talk about that um, this morning. And so we're going to be looking at kind of uh, various different parts of, of Scripture and kind of talking through this. I, I will say this about this morning uh, in this particular time. I think joy is one of the most distinctive traits uh, of the Christian faith. So if you look at all other kind of world religions, all the kind of world faiths, right, um, joy, this sense of joy, this sense of, and we're going to define that out here in a second, I think is one of the most distinctive traits of the Christian faith. And, and, and the way that you could find this out, I mean, you could talk to other people of world, of di- different kind of world religions, and, and they're going to they're gonna talk to you about fear, they're going to talk to you about works, they're going to talk to you about, potentially about, um, there, there's not a ton of, of certainty in life. I mean, there's, there's some like, hey, I, if, I, if I do this and follow this and 
and, and kind of check off these boxes. I think that I'll be okay. I think that I'll be all right. Or if I pursue this particular thing and I get this, if you're thinking from a secular worldview, if I kind of get these, check these boxes with um, vocation, career, money, all these types of things, then I'll be happier. Then I'll have joy. The, the Christian faith is, is, is one that says, no, you can experience joy no matter your circumstances, no matter your place in life. You can be a joy-filled person. And I can't think of anything that our culture needs more than a joy-filled people. The people that are, are walking in a type of joy that is kind of transcendent and um, over all these types of things. And so let's talk about joy, basically kind of joy versus happiness. And so let me give a couple of definitions here and then we'll work from these and kind of talk for a bit. Uh, on that. So um, here's Joy. This is uh, Dr. Tony Evans. Uh, he's a pastor in, in Texas, in God's country. Uh, this, is what he, this is how he defines joy. He says this. He says, joy, this thing, that God, uh, this thing that Jesus promised, is fullness of life. It is an inner, sense, uh, an inner sense of fulfillment and satisfaction. It is functioning in a state of well-being. Joy, I love this definition. He says, joy is having a playground in your soul. Peace has to do with calm. Joy has to do with celebration. So let me give you my definition of joy. And I specifically want to talk about um, great joy uh, because I think there are different types of joy that we can experience life, but there's a sense of great joy that's vastly different than just joy. And so let me give you this definition. It's in your notes as well. uh, So you can have it and you can look at it a bit later. So great joy is an inner sense. So we're using that definition from Dr. Evans. Uh, Great joy is an inner sense responding to God's promises and Jesus' presence. So how do we define joy as God's people? We say that, that joy is a type of inner sense, is what Dr. Tony Evans says, it's an inner sense that we have that is responding to, so it's, 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 it's not, uh, we're not creating joy out of anywhere. It's not like we're, we're kind of white knuckling it and thinking, no, no, I need to be, a, I need to be like a happy, joy-filled person. It's no, no. Our joy is responding to, is in response to God's promises and Jesus' presence. So, so if, if you're going to kind of look at these in a really simplified way, um, so joy deals with promises and presence, and happiness deals with what? Happiness deals with uh, circumstances, right? So, so we're happy when, when our circumstances line up. And, and this was a, I mean, this was a brutal year. I, I can remember back in March, uh, Katie and I had tickets to Hamilton in New York uh, in April. We had, we were supposed to go to Southern California in March, uh, which, you know, Boston in March is when you get out. And so we were, we were going to Southern California, had tickets to Hamilton. We had a trip to, I mean, we just, it, it felt like we had all of this, all of this kind of stuff just lined up. And I've, I've, I've found myself, I don't know if that's where you're at, I found myself kind of mourning the just, it feels like every month I'm mourning the loss of something else. And, and, I, and I, I think, dude, Lord, how do I, how do I not look at these things and just feel despair and just feel a tremendous sense of sadness? And, and so I found, um, I found the Lord just speaking some really beautiful truths uh, in Scripture uh, as I'm kind of looking um, through this. And so I want to talk about this idea of great joy. And so you can look in your scripture note because I'm going to run through a couple of different scriptures. Uh, and I, I specifically want to look at this statement, great joy. 
So you find the word joy in scripture over 200 times. You find this statement, great joy, only a couple of times, a handful of times. Do you see this exact statement of great joy? So there seems to be something to this idea of great joy. How do we experience great joy? Okay, so uh, let's look at, so Old Te- we'll do Old Testament, New Testament. We'll kind of do pre, uh, kind of, uh, pre-crucifixion or pre-birth and then post-crucifixion. But I'll, I'll kind of talk through it a bit and we'll see. Okay, so this is uh, in 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 40. Uh, king Solomon is made king over Israel. So King Solomon was the son of David. Uh, David was the king of Israel that was considered the guy. He was the king. He was the guy that Israel was always trying to get back to. Uh, listen what 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 20 says. It says, all the people went up after him and they were playing flutes and rejoicing with such great joy that the earth split open from the sounds which is kind of a drastic type of great joy. Now, now what does this mean? Why are God's people celebrating this way? Well, they're celebrating this, this idea of this was the, we have King David and then there was a ton of uncertainty and now Solomon's come. And Solomon is, is the, the king, is the promised king. He's the one that God had promised us. And so God has met his promise. So what do they do? They respond with what? With great joy. Uh, Second Chronicles chapter 30, verse 26. Uh, God's people, if, you're, if you look at the Old Testament, uh, one of the things that happens a lot with God's people in the Old Testament is they, um, they rebel against God. So they, they act foolish. They create uh, foreign idols. They do just all kinds of rebellious things against God. God punishes them because that's what God does. He's a just God. So he punishes their rebellion. So he, in, in all kinds of different ways, he'll have a foreign nation come in and take them over, take them into exile. Um, he'll straight kill them in places for their just straight up rebellion. I mean, there's just kind of in the Old Testament, we see the people's rebellion. We see God respond to their rebellion with justice. We see the people cry out because they're like, okay, we've made a mistake. And so now we need to come back to you. And so there's just kind of this crazy cycle um, all throughout the Old Testament, which honestly is is reassuring to me uh, as a sinful person who tends to uh, have moments of rebellion and then experience the consequences of that. And so what we see them continue to do this, well, we have this, a bit of this story in Second Chronicles chapter 30, verse 26. Uh, they had, had, had been in a period of rebellion against God. They had forgotten their love. And, and what this uh, story is going to tell us is that the, the Jewish people celebrate something called the Passover. So maybe you grew up Jewish or you have some Jewish friends. Uh, the Passover was, was this monumental moment in the life of God's people in, in, uh, in the Old Testament, where basically God rescued the people, uh, God rescued the people from Egypt, from Pharaoh's hand. And so every, um, every year, the Israelites would celebrate this Passover. They would say, God, you are our rescuer. God, you're the one who rescues us. This was what Passover was about. Well, they had gotten to a period in the Old Testament where they had gotten away from this. And so they have a new king come in in 2 Chronicles uh, 30, 26. He's he's just uh, documenting this. And listen what it says. He's restored this idea of Passover, recognizing God as rescuer. And it says this in verse 26. It says, so there was great joy in Jerusalem. For since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there's been nothing like this in Jerusalem. So we see God's people have returned to recognizing God as rescuer, and their response is what? Is great joy. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 43, the the walls are broken down. God's people are in exile. Uh, Things aren't going the way that they thought that they were going to go. And so Nehemiah is commissioned 
to rebuild the wall, to to kind of bring God's people back into the land that they were promised. And look what it says uh, about um, about the at the dedication of Nehemiah's wall, verse uh, Nehemiah twelve, verse forty three. It says, on that day, uh, they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced because God had given them what? God had given them great joy. The women and the children also celebrated, and Jerusalem's rejoicing was heard far away. Okay, so here's the three instances in the Old Testament where we see great joy talked about. We see great joy talked about when a king, uh, when a promised king comes, King Solomon, We see great joy celebrated when the people return back to recognizing God as rescuer. And and we see uh, great joy as the response to God's people being brought back from exile. Everyone got that? Those three. Those are the three moments of great joy in the Old Testament. Better king, uh, um, uh, God is rescuer, and return, a people return from exile. Okay, so let's go to our main text. in Luke chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. Luke, so if you have your Bible, you can turn there. In Luke chapter 2, 9 through 12, uh, we'll also be in Matthew 2, 7 through 11. And they're also in your notes as well, if you just want to look there um, on, your, uh, on your, your QR code as well. This is the traditional uh, narr- uh, Christmas narrative story here that we're going to look at now. So, 9 through 12, Luke 2, 9 through 12 says this. Uh, but the angel... The angel said to them, talking to the shepherds that were out in the, out in the field, it says, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid for look, I proclaim to you good news of what? He says, I proclaimed you good news of great joy. I proclaim you good news of great joy. That will be for all people that today in the city of David, a savior was born uh, for you who is, who is Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find the baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in the manger. Okay, so Luke chapter 2, 9 through 12. The story that we have is we have a group of shepherds that were most likely uh, young boys. That's who shepherds were. And it says that the angel came to them and says, we bring you great news or good news of what? Of great joy. Great joy. This Greek form of great joy, we find it here. And then we also find it in Matthew chapter 2, verses 7 through 11. This is what it says. It says, then, then, um, then Herod summoned the wise men secretly. Okay, so now we have a group of wise men. We had shepherds, and now we have wise men who, honestly, they were more like, like sorcerers, if you're really thinking about it. Uh, we, we tend to talk about them um, in various ways, but they're, they're a little more uh, sorcerers. Um, and, and said to them, hey, go, basically saying, to them, go find, go search for, um, for this child. So verse 9, it says, uh, after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, a star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place that the child was. So these were, um, these were men who were uh, kind of sorcerers, uh, astro- kind of like early astrologists. Like they would uh, really study the, the stars in the sky. Astrology was kind of like their thing. And so they've been following this star. God had used this star to communicate the truth of Jesus to them. And so it says that when they, they saw the star, they're following the star. They're trying to figure out what the heck's going on. And so it came to rest on where Jesus was. And then in verse 10, it says this. When they saw the star, it says they rejoiced exceedingly with what? With great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Uh, then opening the treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay, so here's, here's our kind of 
pre, uh, pre kind of birth story. This is the traditional uh, Jesus story. And this is, this is why Advent is such a big deal, right? This is, this is why we kind of take this season and go, okay, we can be a people that can experience not even just joy, but we can be a people that can experience great joy even in the midst of difficult seasons, even in hardship. Why? Because great joy, again, great joy is what? It's leaning into the promises of God and the presence of Jesus. See, Jesus' presence brought what? To both the shepherds and the magi, or both to the shepherds and the sorcerers. It brought what? It brought great joy. It's the presence of Jesus that brought the joy. See, in, in, um, ultimately what we see, these kind of greater joy stories that we see in the Old Testament, this better king, this God is rescuer, this people returned from exile. All of these things were, were I, I think in some ways, lesser, greater joys, if that makes sense. All of these things were going to find their fulfillment. I need you to hear this. All of these things were ultimately going to find their fulfillment in Jesus. He's a better king. He's the ultimate rescuer. And he, he brings a, a people back from, from exile. He, he makes a, a people who, who in a lot of ways weren't, they, they were a people, but in some ways they weren't a people. And he makes them into a people. And, and so we celebrate Jesus in this season because he is the, he's the one who brings the great joy. He's the, the only one that could fulfill all these things that, that, um, that we kind of see playing out in, in the Old Testament, right? These were all kind of singular, all these events were singular in nature and he fulfills them out. See, the Jewish people were always doing what? They were always looking for a king. They were looking for a Messiah. This is who, they, this is who the Jews were anticipating coming, one that would save them. I mean, the word Messiah basically means, it means king. It means coming king. And so Jesus enters the story as that one who, who brings us. It's, it's why they're responding with a sense of, of great joy. Okay, so let, let's think about, so there, there are three other kind of basic instances that we see in the New Testament where they respond in great joy. So we've got our Old Testament, we've got the traditional kind of two Christmas stories of great joy, uh, and here, here's the three other ones that we see. So in Acts chapter 15, verse 3, Acts 15, verse 3, and this is in your notes, because I know I've got scripts all over. It's like Bible drill. I've got scripture all over the place. If you're familiar with that, like just you can look at there and you can go back and, and read through all these things. Um, the Jewish believers basically hear that the Gentiles are now receiving the gospel. So before the, the Gentiles, everyone who wasn't Jew didn't have access to the gospel. Uh, and so in Acts uh, verse 15, uh, what the, the scripture tells us is that um, the, the Christians, uh, the, the former Jewish believers who are now uh, Christians are explaining that the Gentiles have received the, the gospel. And so it says, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, they did what? It brought great joy to all the brothers and sisters. Acts 15, verse 3, it says great joy. Same, same Greek layout that we see in Matthew and in Luke brought great joy. Uh, Jude, uh, verse 24, so Jude 1, 24, um, it's Jude is basically describing what it would be like to be in the presence of God. Do you ever think about that before? Like, what, what would it be like to actually be in the presence of God? 
be in the presence of God. This is, this is how Jude describes it in verse 24. It says, now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish and with what? And with great joy. Great joy. Final, uh, final New Testament uh, that we see here um, is in, um, so that's uh, Gentiles included in the gospel that is uh, Jude talking about being in the presence of God. And the final one we see is Matthew 28, uh, verse 8. And so um, the, the gospel stories tell us that Jesus has, has, has now died at the crucifixion. Uh, the women have went to the tomb. So several of the women that were close to Jesus are, are now at the tomb. And then in verse 5, listen to what it says of Matthew 28, 5 through 8. It says, The angel told the, the, the women, Don't be afraid, because I know that you were looking for Jesus, who was crucified. Great news. Since he was crucified, he is not here, for he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Verse 7, Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. Verse 8. So it says, so departing quickly from the tomb with what? With fear and great joy, they ran to tell the disciples the news. See, here, here's the thought. Great joy is our reaction to a life that can now be lived in the presence of God through Jesus. So when we talk about great joy in this season, great joy is our reaction to what God has done through Jesus it's our reaction to what God has done through Jesus uh, to a life, a life that can now be lived in the presence of God. So we experience great joy in this season. Why? Because we can live in the presence of God through Jesus. Through Jesus. So we can have a, a, a life of, of fullness. Yeah, your world can be falling apart. Your relation, relationships can be destroyed. Your financial status cannot be what you anticipated. Uh, everything can seem to crumble around you and there can still be, that doesn't mean we're, <laughs> doesn't mean we're not sad. It doesn't mean we're not sad and mourning, right? We're not, in, you know, uh, forever enthusiasts, no matter what's going on. We, we, rec we lament, we recognize our sadness, but there's a sense of, of steady joy that can, that, can, that can stay, that can remain. Why? Because it's, because the, the, the great joy is saying, God, I can have a life with you through Jesus. That what I see in front of me is not all that there is and not all that exists. And, and so how do, we, how, do we, how do we cultivate this sense of great joy? Right? Because this can be a hard um, this can be a hard thing. So in Luke chapter 24, verses 50 through 53, I just kind of want to use this as a little bit of a, uh, a proof text in some ways of how to kind of cultivate uh, great joy. So if you're taking notes, you can kind of write this down and maybe practice this this week. Because uh, I just want to say this, like um, cultivating great joy, uh, it, it is a response. And cultivating great joy takes a ton of work, like a tremendous amount of work. I, um, I was... Uh, I was at the, the Y this week. I was running, and um, I, I just run so that I can eat and, and my pants fit. And so I was at the I was at the Y running, and so there's a there's an older gentleman, a couple of treadmill a couple of treadmills down from me, and um, he, he's a significant amount older than me, and and this dude's just getting it. 
Do you know what I mean? Have you ever been in an environment where this guy is, or maybe you're a runner and, and you know, someone that's a lot older than you passes you on the trail and you're like, I'm worthless and they are amazing. You know, you're like, okay. And you start picking up the pace and, and then you realize you can't breathe and your legs hurt and then you walk uh, and then you sit and then you lay down and you're like, you just know what? You go do your thing. So I'm running, I'm running. I look over this gentleman who's like a bit older than me and I'm like, and I've been thinking about this idea of, of joy, of great joy and cultivating great joy in this season. And I was like, I thought that's it. Like that's what it takes, like takes work. Like it takes, it takes grinding. Like it takes, it takes a, a recognition of saying, an intentional thought of saying, I'm going to practice great joy today. Like I'm going to. Like you will not wake up, if you're like me, you just won't wake up and think, I mean, some of you do, but you just won't think like, I, I'm, in a really, I'm in a really joyful place this morning. You know, I, I have a tendency to, to struggle a bit with anxiety and, and some of those things. So I have, to, I have to do a real work of capturing the, the kind of negative thoughts that can kind of run through my head. And so cultivating great joy uh, really takes a, a, a ton of work. Okay, so let's look at this Matthew 24, 50 through 53. I want to just use this text for a bit. Um, and, and you can write these kind of just three simple things down. Uh, it says, then he, so he's talking about Jesus. It says, then he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. So he's talking to the disciples. He's talking to um, his followers. So it says, he lifted up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was carried up into heaven. So this is the, the ascension. Jesus is leaving. In verse 52, it says, um, after worshiping him, they returned to Jerusalem with what? with great joy. Same tense there, same Greek tense there. Verse 53, and they were continually in the temple praising God. Okay, so three thoughts here on how to cultivate joy. I'm gonna keep this really simple here. Uh, first thought, um, what is the first thing that we see Jesus do in verse 50? It says what? It says that lifting up his hands, he blessed them. So he is doing what I would call the blessing of ministry in this moment. So, so he's saying to the disciples, I've equipped you with the message of the gospel, the good news. I, I've commissioned you to take this good news. So go pre the Great Commission, right? Um, go therefore, right? Teaching everyone everything that I've commanded you. Baptize them, right? Go make disciples. So he's blessed them. He said, you have a blessing of mystery. Now, when I say uh, a blessing of mystery, now this is something that all of God's people have received. So a blessing of ministry is not, um, not ministry like full-time ministry, but a blessing of ministry in the sense of God's equipped you to engage your friends who don't know the gospel with the love of Jesus. And he's given you a gift set to do that. And, and so for some of you to experience a sense of, of great joy, you need to embrace the blessing of ministry that he's put on you. And you need to practice it and, and do it. For, for some of you, though, you've never actually received the blessing of Christ himself. And, and so for some of you, you can't experience great joy until you know Jesus. And, and so the, the Bible tells us, the Bible says what? The Bible says that if we will recognize our brokenness before God, the brokenness that we experience as a result of our rebellion against God, of our sin against God, right? So our sin is what? The Bible talks about this word sin. Sin is doing our own thing and thinking that it will work. 
The Bible basically says that, like, that, that sin. And, and so the Bible says, listen, if you'll recognize the, the, that your sin and rebellion has just created brokenness in your life, and you'll, you'll believe in Jesus, that you'll be saved. You'll confess that for me. And so some of you have never received the blessing of Jesus. And so the first thing you got to do before you ever get great joy is get Jesus. And so receive, uh, receive the blessing um, receive the blessing of Jesus. Second thing that we see happen um, in this text uh, is it says he lifted up his hands and then verse uh, 52, it says after worshiping him. After worshiping him. So one of the ways that we cultivate great joy in this season is we worship God. We worship Jesus. Now, how do we do that? Uh, we do it through prayer. We do it through, through song. I mean, I just in this season... Um, have so grown to love prayer uh, in my own life. And just this idea of just talking with God, just being like, I don't understand this. This isn't lining up. Or, or just going, man, God, you're in control. I'm not in control. And just learning what it means to just kind of sit in prayer is, a, is a, just a really genuine gift in this season. And so some, some of you maybe need to worship God in that sense through prayer, fasting, journaling scripture so it says to to worship jesus and then the third thing look what it says in verse 53 it says and they were continually in the temple praising god now what does it mean to praise god it means to do what and we talked about this a couple weeks ago it just means to practice gratitude so how do we cultivate great joy in this season we receive the blessing of jesus that we receive the blessing that jesus puts on us we worship him and, we, and we, we practice gratitude. Gratitude for small things. Thank, thank you that I woke up this morning, right? I mean, you can find, you can get there. But God, thank you that I woke up this morning in a bed, if you were in a bed, you know? This, this is how we cultivate great joy in the season. We, we find the things, um, we find the things that we can, we can do. Listen, he, uh, Luke 2, verse 20, and I'll, I'll finish up and be done. So, so the shepherds um, have experienced this type of great joy. They've, they've, seen, they've seen the Son of God. They've seen Jesus. They've had this uh, transformational encounter with him that's marked them in really significant ways. And then look what, um, look what Luke uh, 20, verse 20 says in chapter 2. It says that the shepherds returned. So they went back where they were. It says the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Now, here's what I want to say, because this, this landed with me this week. If, sorcerer, if shepherds and sorcerers can respond to Jesus with great joy, can return back and glorify him. It, it tells us that, um, the, the gospel tells us that the, the, the magi, the wise men, that they actually didn't even go back to Herod. They didn't do what they were supposed to do because they were so marked by Jesus. If shepherds and sorcerers respond to Jesus this way, and then they don't even fully grasp the implications of who Jesus is, shouldn't we so much more respond to Jesus that way? Like we, we understand through Jesus what it means to be in peace with God. We understand what it means to be in communion with him. What it means to have community with other people. We've seen God be faithful, answer prayers. 
Like, shouldn't we respond with a, a sense of great joy even more so than them? And so maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you've not received the, the, the blessing of salvation. Maybe you need to receive that today. Maybe that's where you need to be at today. Or, or maybe you're here and, uh, and you're a believer, but you've just lacked joy in this season. And so I just want to give you a little bit of space. Maybe you just need to say to God, hey, I'm sorry. Like, I've not been a joyful person. God, I apologize for that. 